Hey guys, my name's Amy and you're listening to Have a Baby They Said, where my husband Josh and I talk all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum and onwards. Come along this journey with us and we hope you enjoy listening. Welcome back. This week is just an episode with myself. Since it's a breastfeeding journey, I thought it would be best to just do it on my own. I feel like I'd be talking most of the time anyway, so it's kind of pointless having Josh here. So I'll start from the very beginning. I did mention in the last episode about the nipple damage that I got instantly from Ruby's first feed and then that first night with her in hospital as well was really bad and damaging because, you know, I was stressed and so tired and she was screaming so I would just put her on, like half latch her on and however it, like she was happy, that is what I went with. I just rolled with it and... Yeah, I feel like in the moment when you do that, you don't, or I didn't anyway, I didn't feel the damage. I didn't feel any pain. So I would just go with it. And the day after that, when I did start asking for a a bit more help, which is the day we left. So I wish I had done it earlier, but I started asking for more help. And I remember the midwife saying, you got to latch her on properly because you'll really damage them and it will you know, take ages to heal since they feed so much at the start. Yeah. She just said, or they would all say it, she's got to be on properly or you'll damage them and you won't feel the pain now, but you will feel it in your next feed. And I can say hands down that they were so right in the moment. I was like, you know, no, it's fine. And I even said to them, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't hurt. It's okay. I'm sure it won't hurt. And it did. The next feed, every time I wouldn't latch her right, the next feed would be five times more painful. And it was just a cycle of not latching her properly, sore like sore nipples, and then it would it just kept going on. And I remember being, you know, looking into it and lots of mums had that. They had damaged or cracked nipples at the start. And I might have had cracked ones for like a couple days, but after a couple days, there was no cracking or anything. It was just deep pain. And I found it really hard to tell people because they'd be like, oh yeah, you're just new at this. It's just cracked nipples, you know? But I remember thinking that's not what it is. It's different. It's worse than that. It's deep, a deep pain. Anyway, so I just went on a whole google down a google rabbit hole which you know embarrassing to say but we all do it and especially as a first-time parent I made that mistake multiple times and yeah but it did help because I looked into what it could be and there were lots of things that would come up you know mastitis or clogged ducts or just simply her not latching properly and so I gathered all this information and I went to a drop-in clinic nearby and I spoke to a lady there. She was lovely. They were always really nice at those drop-in clinics. So I went there and I asked her about it and she offered me some nipple shields and said, just use these for even a few days just to let your nipples heal while she feeds and then take them off and see how you go. And she obviously, she gave me lots of 
advice and tips on how to latch her properly, how to open her mouth wide and, you know, like put it in, you know, just all the things they tell you to do. So she was super helpful. I took these nipple shields and I remember I tried to use them. I really gave it a good crack. (laughs) But when you've got a screaming baby that just wants to feed and you can't get these, they're just so fiddly. I just couldn't work them out. I couldn't get them on. So I ended up just, you know, saying stuff it, chucked them out and just kept dealing with the pain. And it was so excruciating. I remember curling up my toes and like clenching my fists every time she fed. And this is even probably a couple weeks in now. I had pumped a couple times or a few times at this point. I would pump and let Josh give her a bottle um, of my pumped breast milk and I would do that in between feeds hoping that they'd heal a little bit but obviously they just feed so much so there was no break there and they said to me maybe feed her for a few days with expressed milk while they heal but I was terrified that she would get used to um, bottles which there is absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And I wish that I could go back and tell myself that now, but I, there was just so much pressure around, you know, giving them a dummy or giving them a bottle before six weeks, which I hate that stigma. I hate that that's a thing because it makes mums feel like they're failing when they literally need to do this for their mental health, for their physical health, for their baby to get what they need. So yeah, I pumped a fair bit and I do it for, you know, a few feeds and then I'd be like, no, I've got to get through this. I've just got to push through and feed her and they'll get better someday. And that's just how I thought of it. And I would be terrified to feed her. I would feed her obviously, but I remember I'd count down. I'd be looking at my phone like, an hour and a half left, an hour left, half an hour, you know, 10 minutes and she'll want to feed. And I would, I did that for so long, weeks and weeks and weeks feeling that way and dreading feeding her. And you might be thinking, Amy, why didn't you just give her bottles, you know, either expressed breast milk or just formula? Why didn't you make the switch if it was that bad? And I spoke to so many uh, like children's nurses and things in drop-in clinics and they all said the same thing. But I was determined. I was like, no, I can do this. I'm going to do this. I said I'm going to breastfeed at least for a year and I'm going to do that. And that's what I did. I just pushed through and... I called up. Actually, I remember one instance where it I just got to my wits end and I was just over it and I was a mess. I was bawling my eyes out. Ruby was, she was a very unsettled baby. Uh, it didn't help. I don't think that I was so stressed. I think that really just 
made her feel stressed and unsettled as well. So she was often either screaming or crying or just, you know, squirmy and upset and sore because she ended up being really refluxy because I had a crazy supply. So not only did my nipples kill every time she fed, but I always, I just had so much milk to get out. So then in turn, that made her refluxy and unsettled. But I remember this specific day, I was so over it. I was a mess and I drove Ruben I, um, I think it took nearly 40 minutes to the hospital that I had her. It took ages because it was in the middle of, if anyone remembers, we had some flooding in 2022. I don't know what month it was. It must have been too far in to having Ruby, maybe a couple months or a few months. So April, maybe. Anyway, we drove in uh, the underground car park. Half of it was under flooded and the lights were not working down there so it was just pitch black pouring outside it was flooded and I remember the guys that were there helping you know control the traffic in and out which wasn't much because there weren't many people um going in that way he got out and you know I went my window down he showed me where to go and I was just a blubbering mess with my baby screaming in the back And I got, anyway, I got in, I got up to the maternity ward, took forever to be able to find someone because at this point in time, she must have been over 12 weeks because they said to me, there's, they didn't say they can't help, but they said they're not meant to after a certain time, like you're meant to go to a drop-in clinic something like that that was an issue with that and but I was a mess so I think they had they were a bit compassionate in that and they sent me they just told me to go up another level or two and find someone up there anyway so I go up there and I'm walking up and down the corridor I called Josh bawling my eyes out I was like, they told me to come up here. I don't know where to go. People like nurses and doctors, they're all just walking past because they're obviously doing their own thing. They're so busy with their patients and they probably had no clue what the heck I was doing there. (laughs) And I think someone cleaning there walked past and asked me if I needed help going somewhere. And he ended up somehow calling someone over And a lady popped out and she was the lactation consultant for the hospital, for the maternity ward. And she came out and was so incredibly lovely. She was so nice. She brought me in and she just sat with me. She asked what was going on. She said, you know, you must be desperate if you drove all this way when it's flooding and raining. So she said normally... They're not meant to sit down and do big consultations because I'm out of the time period that I had to go back to the hospital, which I think that in itself needs to be extended. And I think this kind of goes to show that it's not enough time to actually help mothers and their babies. But 
She helped me. She tried the nipple shield thing. She looked in. She actually was the first person to look in Ruby's uh, mouth to see if there were any tongue ties or lip ties or what was going on. She came to the conclusion that she had a bubble palette, which I also have. It's like a high palette. So there's, you've got like a normal palette or one of these ones where it's like an extra divot in your palette. It's just really high. So she was saying that could be why it's really painful. Like she's, it's just hitting the roof of her mouth every time she feeds. And she gave me some contact details for a really, really well-known and good lactation consultant. And she said it might be hard to get in, but just let her know I've sent you and call her as soon as you get home and see if you can get in. I'm pretty sure her name was Bridget Ingle. I'm going to stick with that. If it's not, I'll cut this out. But I thought I'd put it out there because she was really good. Um, I got in with her, hmm, I think a week later, which was such a blessing because she's normally booked out like really booked out but yeah I got in with her someone cancelled and I was on a wait list so I got in it was super expensive but I was just desperate to figure it out and I went there it was a whole like hour-long session and she was really good she again checked Ruby's mouth she checked for tongue ties lip ties she checked her palette she checked the latch she taught me how to latch her properly multiple times and yeah she was really thorough and really good so I recommend her and at the end of it I think we were just set on the fact that I wasn't latching her properly and Ruby she just wouldn't latch properly she had such a shallow latch so she gave me tips and I left feeling honestly not super confident she was great but I just knew there was a bigger issue than just the latch so that was probably when Ruby was three months and then the pain kept going until I would say four and a half months it started going away finally and then by five months my nipples or whatever was going on was healed and good. But in that time, I didn't even mention, I had gone to so many doctors. I had been, you know, they'd say maybe it could be nipple thrush or um, dermatitis or something. There were a few things that they said it could be. So I was constantly spending money on medications and creams and medication for Ruby to take in case like they were set on that it could be like it wasn't even um a definite I didn't even get like swabbed or tested but they just thought well maybe it is nipple thrush and Ruby keeps giving it back to you um over and over so I would treat myself I would treat Ruby and nothing would work and the last doctor I saw before it all started getting better actually did a swab and it came back nothing nothing so it was what I thought it was a deeper issue like it was not 
a surface thing. It was underneath. It was it was something else. But yeah, by five months, they were way better. And then obviously around six months is when I started feeding Ruby and doing some purees and a tiny bit of baby led weaning. And then throughout that next six months, I breastfed her. I loved it. I loved it. I still would love to do it. Um, And I honestly could have done it forever. I simply, we decided I'd wean her and finish up because we're, you know, ready for another addition to our family. So we're in the process of all of that. And I just feel breastfeeding. I needed to stop for that to happen for me personally. I know some people, they're exclusively breastfeeding and they fall pregnant. It's pretty common. But for me, it just, yeah, wasn't the case. So sadly had to finish up our breastfeeding journey just over 12 months or a year old. But like I said, I could have done it forever. It was just so nice. And I feel like because it took nearly six months to enjoy it and to not dread it, it kind of felt like a bit of a ripoff. <laughs> it felt like I only got six good months of it and then I had to cut it off. But I know that it's the right decision for our family and she weaned really well. I guess I can mention a couple of things I did with that. So Ruby was feeding... Oh man, she fed a lot. She would still feed every three to four hours at 12 months. There were times or days where she would extend that, where it would be less. If she was teething, she'd want to be on my boob all day. Um, but she fed a lot. and But the thing is, she also ate solids a lot. Like she was always a good eater. So I wasn't stressed that she was having, you know, feeding too much from me, but she fed a lot. So that would mean that she had four to five, usually five breastfeeds a day, um, at around 12 months. So the weaning process I started, hmm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say either just before she turned one or exactly when she turned one. And I just dropped a feed every week. So I dropped down to four feeds and I started doing them. I was used to feeding her to sleep. Like I'd feed her, put her down for her nap and then feed her, put her down for her nap and then feed her, put her down for bedtime. And then she'd get up in the morning and feed straight away. So I just broke that cycle and I would come give her breakfast and then feed her after or she'd go down for a nap and wake up and then I would do it. So I just started doing that. I dropped a feed and then the next week I drop another one. So we got to three and then so on and so on, two and one and then none. And she definitely had a couple days where she was confused and if she tried to grab at my shirt or, you know, got a bit like sooky about it. I just distracted her and gave her cuddles and said, you know, we're not doing that anymore. That's all done. And I'd cuddle her and I'd distract her. And now it's probably been a couple weeks 
think, oh, it's been a week and a half since she's been fully weaned and yeah, she's done great. I was a bit nervous because she was such a boob girl and fed so much. I thought it would be way harder, but there was a lot of grace there and it worked out perfectly. And now I'm looking at going back to work, maybe full time, even maybe part time. But I think the timing of us weaning and everything else happening in our life is just perfect because I won't have to try and do it and put her in childcare at the same time. I reckon that would be super, super hard. So yeah, that's my breastfeeding journey. I'm sure I've missed a few things, but that's like basically how it went. It's very up and down. And I, oh, some advice I would give to any breastfeeding mums or just mums with feeding their babies is, The whole fed is best thing, obviously, but just go with your gut and you have to put your mental health first. I struggled a lot with Ruby with a bit of postpartum depression and just feeling like I was failing a lot. And I think I could have solved so much of that with, you know, just not continuing to breastfeed her when when it was going that way and when I felt like that every day. So I really encourage any mums to just go with how you feel. If your mental health is plummeting because of, you know, the way that you're feeding your baby, do the other way. Look into the other way or something. Try it out even. Just try and see how you feel for a couple of days. They're not going to forget how to breastfeed. They're not going to forget, you know, I stressed about that so much. But it will all work out and whatever you do, that's good for you and then good for your baby, do it. And if anyone has any questions or just wants to chat about this topic, definitely send me a message either personally or on the Have a Baby They Said podcast Instagram because I love talking about breastfeeding and just feeding your baby. I love that whole topic. I'm super interested. I'm really passionate about it. There was a good while there where I was looking into studying and just learning more about being a lactation consultant. So yeah, I'm all ears and I'm open to any questions or any chats. Thanks for listening guys. See you later. Just wanted to pop in and again, say thank you for listening to that episode it was a bit more of a serious one, I guess, but um, I really love talking about that topic. I'm really passionate about it, and I think it's super important to be transparent and talk about it with um, other women and even men so that they know how they can support their partner in that time because it can be really consuming. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Next episode will be both of us again Josh will be back and we're going to do question and answer we sent out a little question box on our Instagram and Facebook asking for you guys to send in any questions you have or that you want to hear us answer and we had a few so we're going to go through those and answer them but yeah we'll chat with you again on Friday see you later